Cambridge Insider Podcast time. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Cambridge Insider Podcast. My host, or co-host, as per usual, Meg, how are you? I'm great. It's good to see you. How are you doing? I'm also doing well, thank you. you. There's become a certain familiarity with us hosting together. We've got into a little groove, I would say. We've got a rhythm. That's it. It's all about rhythm. It's all about groove. I appreciate you being here. Um, nice episode lined up today because as we draw closer to the end of the year, we thought it a good idea to do a little bit of a year in review um, regarding what's happened at Cambridge, but more importantly, what's happened in the market of international education as a whole. It's been a roller coaster year. I'm I'm exhausted. I don't know about you. Every time the, the the song that always pops into my mind is what a long strange trip it's been. It has really been quite quite an adventure. Uh, a lot of creativity, a lot of uh, reinvention, and a lot of uncertainty. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I do think, and you said this a couple episodes ago, though. There's there's certainly light at the end of the tunnel, and we've seen and experienced some of that light at the end of the tunnel because there were times this past year that we felt, hey, you know, this uh, we potentially wouldn't get to this point where we are now, where we're seeing applicants and we are seeing interest and we are seeing enrollments and we're seeing travel. So, you know, there certainly was a part of the of the year, specifically towards the beginning parts, January, February of this year, that I thought. I don't know if we'll get you, but I'm I'm pleased that we did. Um, Meg, in terms of the year in review, when we talk about the year in review, there's a couple of big things that come to mind for me. Uh, we started the year out quite slow. There was a lot of uncertainty. COVID was at its high point, specifically in the US, or one of its high points in the US. And I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, that the beginning part of the year, we hadn't yet had any certainty about things like vaccines that would get us back to normal. Is that correct? That's correct. We didn't have vaccines. We still had um, our borders were closed to many countries that mm -hmm. traditionally deliver a lot of students. So there were students around the world who literally couldn't leave where they were and certainly couldn't come here. Um, that was and we kept on thinking, okay, it's going to be finished by spring. It's going to be finished in time for, you know, spring enrollments. And it wasn't. It wasn't even near to that point at that point. Right. So there there was a lot of, you know, anticipation and then a little bit of deflation. But fortunately, and thank you to all of those scientists out there and all of those technicians and to all of those brilliant minds literally around the globe who worked together to come up with that vaccine because that was the beginning of a major game changer, I think. Absolutely. I couldn't have said it better. Thank you to all those. And, you know, and in addition to them, all the healthcare workers that continue yes. to work tirelessly around yes. the world. Yes. Um, we're all about spreading the love at the Cambridge Insider Podcast. Part of the reason why we as well want to discuss this year in review and, and sort of work through it is to be able to hopefully give our schools and our students a look into the future. What should they be doing, um, you know, as we get as we close the year out? And we'll get to that a little bit later. Um, you know, I agree with you. The vaccines sort of came around and that was certainly a game changer that allowed well, the country to open up, um, that allowed even the thought of international education to pop back up. And that eventually then led to the the current, uh, you know, government uh, saying with that national exemption um, 
basically saying that F1 students could come into the country. That was a major milestone that we needed to reach because at that stage, the travel ban was still in place, but the government basically said, hey, if you're an F1 student um, and you're coming here for educational purposes, whether that be at a high school, middle school or, or, or college level, you can freely come into the country. And that was a massive milestone this year that I think allowed people to believe that maybe the industry was starting to get back on its feet. And I agree that was uh, that was a, that really literally opened the doors for people to be able to arrive and to come and to to reclaim their decision to study in the United States. A lot of them had put that that on hold and then were able to reignite that and put everything in place so that they could arrive. I think another important thing that came with the vaccines and and COVID's eventually falling was for schools to be able to open again. So for so many students, that's really what they wanted to hear was that they could come to the United States and they could sit in a classroom and they could participate in class, especially those that were uh, learning remotely, sometimes synchronously from places on the other side of the globe. So they were up at midnight trying to study in a classroom that was meeting in the morning. So those two things together, I think really sent positive messages to international students who were still looking to come. Yeah, and, and this being an episode where we're giving a couple shout outs, a shout out to number one, all of the students that had to attend classes online at weird times of the year. Um, and then a shout out to all of our schools that made learning online possible. I know that was a massive, massive endeavor. And a lot of them just, the majority of them did an excellent job and didn't complain about it. It was just, hey, this is what we got to do. Let's, let's, you know, get technology going. Let's be up at weird times. Let's record classes. Let's make this available and, and find a solution. And it was, uh, it was just great to see people in a, in a tough time work like that. So to both the students and the schools that made that little transition possible. And know, specifically well, well to the teachers, because the teachers really had to embrace a whole new style of teaching and of curriculum delivery and really kind of reinvented how they do what they do. So yeah. it was a massive effort, I would say, on everyone's part, and they all rose to the occasion beautifully. So that got us with students um, in seats, in classrooms, back to face-to-face -face learning, uh, travel possible as, as the time has gone on. Some of the um, changes as far as vaccinations and quarantines have changed somewhat, depending on where you're coming from, where you're going to. So that's also been helpful. And now um, we at Cambridge physically see increases, right, in, in numbers. We're seeing yeah. increases in interest. We're seeing increases in enrollments. And we did recently that, that um, podcast on a study that went out in higher education of colleges and universities who were also showing significant increases. I think it was 60% over last year. So yeah. that's all very positive news. Yeah, I think it's fair to say um, the market has recovered to an extent. Um, you know, the interest is there, the ability to be able to study here is there, the interest from both the students, but also from the schools is there. So the, the market certainly has recovered. I think one of the one of the wait and see moments throughout this year and even last year, you know, when COVID struck was, was the downturn in students simply just a symptom of COVID and it would recover fully or was it a symptom of a broader 
downturn in the market, which we at Cambridge have been saying for quite some time, less students coming in, more schools in the industry looking for those same amount of students, there's just a saturated market. And, and we've been saying that, but I think many schools and programs were waiting to see once the market had recovered, once travel had opened up and we could get back into international learning, would the trend continue that, you know, this would be a different market now than it was two or three years ago? Meg, would you agree with me that we've certainly put the stamp on this, that the market has likely changed forever and that the market that we see now is not the market of two, three, four years ago where we had a surplus of students and we could simply open our programs up and fill our seats? I think it's complete, completely different. They're still students, they still have the same needs. They have so many more options now, including for students in China, really competitive international schools that are offering a Western style education in English for a fraction of the cost of what it costs to come overseas. Mm -hmm. So they are, the students have a lot more options. The parents are aware and really looking at all of them, different countries, different, in the US, we still have, I think, the pinnacle of um, opportunity and, and it's we're acknowledged that way. But I think it's a major mistake to open your doors and expect for it to be the same because it looks totally different. And you're dealing with a much more uh, educated market, I think, right? They're, they're suddenly, they're, they're aware of their options. And so it, when now to recruit those students, we really need different strategies mm -hmm. and we need to be really positioned specifically for opportunity in so many different areas. Whereas before we could say, we offer I-20s, we're an amazing school, you know, come on board. And that was enough. Yeah, and I always say this to programs, with all due respect, there are a lot of great programs in this country. Schools tend to believe that their program is the best, and that's not to say that their programs aren't great. We, we partner exclusively with great programs. We know that for a fact, but we have over 200 partners. There are close to nine to 10,000, I believe the number is, of SEVP certified schools in this country. I would say the majority of them, 50, 60, 70% at least, offer really solid, good value programs. So the question now for schools remains, how do you stand out? If we have this increase in the number of schools and there's more options out there for families and there's more access to this information for families and students, how do you as an American high school recruiting these students stand out? And from Cambridge's side, you know, this is something that we've been saying for quite some time. And, and we also understood when we started, you know, uh, touting these strategies that it would take some time because schools did want to sit and sort of see exactly where the market was. Was there enough interest? How are we going to position ourselves? But there really are two options to simplify things completely. And that is, you know, either that sort of uh, option where you drop your price significantly because that price drop will make you very unique. It will give you uh, the option to stand out merely based on your price. Um, so you'll stand out from a lot of competition. You will also draw from a lot of other markets. The majority of schools in the US draw from their Chinese market, um, where they, whereas if they can drop their price a significant amount, suddenly, you know, uh, Brazil, 
Vietnam, Korea, Spain, those become viable options for students to come to that school because the price point is the big obstacle. Um, Meg, any thoughts just on that low cost sort of idea? I know it's something that you specifically in Florida have worked very hard with with your schools on. Any ideas about that or any thoughts on that? I think in any business, it's very important to know what your competition is doing. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of schools, you're thinking your local competition and what who you're in your region, um, other students are going for. But when you're thinking internationally, then as I was saying before, you really have to look at the competition is not your region. The competition is potentially Australia and Canada and the international school half an hour away. So you really need to be aware that how you probably compare within those markets. Those are all offering a high value, oftentimes at a lower price than is available traditionally in the United States. So if you have the opportunity to address and change those numbers, and so many schools do, really look at it and look at where you need to be and what you can do and how, how the international program really um, affects and uplifts your school and then price accordingly. Because if you do nothing now, nothing's going to change. That's the, that's the simple adage that's always the truth, right? If, if something's not working and you don't change it, it's never going to work. So really take a look and, and address, address the issues. There, there you were saying that there's a second one besides pricing. What's our second? Yeah, I mean, you know, for the reality is for some schools is that a price drop might not be significant enough. You know, we have schools priced at different areas and places. And, and this is part of why Cambridge is such an important role player. Yeah, because you need to check in with your Cambridge network representative, your Cambridge network program manager to have this discussion. And for those schools that either can't drop their price because of budgetary concerns or because of the cost of education in their in their region or at their school, Cambridge Enhanced Marketing, our CEM product, is certainly the other way to differentiate yourself from the competition. Um, you know, the, the the market has changed so significantly that uh, the the old method of marketing your school, print media, pamphlets, word of mouth, is not really, you know, the way in which things work anymore. We all understand the value of social media and cell phones and having information at the click of a button. And that's what, you know, that's that's what Cambridge Enhanced Marketing does. It, it, it garners that energy. It gets people involved that otherwise wouldn't be involved. Our executive producer, Dean, said it so well a couple months ago when he said, the goal with Cambridge Enhanced Marketing is to get your school into the living rooms of families and students so that when they're sitting down after dinner and they're all on their devices, we can put a video or a open house link or a, a demo class in their hands as they sit in their whichever town they are in the world and we're able to access them there. So Cambridge Enhanced Marketing, it's a paid for marketing platform, um, you know, or initiative or strategy, however you want to term it. It's something that we've spoken a lot of, something that we will continue to speak about because it is 100% the future of this industry for schools that are not able to drop a significant number of price. Um, you know, an example, I, I, this is not the, 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 the most extreme example, but we, we posted a video 
uh, that our incredible social media and marketing team put together for one of my schools uh, last week when I last looked at had close to 500 um, unique views of that video on social media channels and it had upwards of 100 shares of that video. So it's just an incredible way to reach however many people that is that you want if you want to do this the sums you can in terms of sharing and but just the 500 unique views in itself incredible way to to build your brand to to become to to have people become aware of your brand and give them the option to enroll at your school without necessarily even having to do anything else other than enroll in that social media and, and, and Cambridge Enhanced Marketing. So I'm all for it. We have schools that have seen an incredible return on Cambridge Enhanced Marketing. We continue to work really hard with them. Um, yeah, that's that's my that's my go to with with Cambridge Enhanced Marketing. Meg, I know you've got a couple of schools as well that, that are on the program. Your thoughts on it? I think this is the way to do it now. The the ways that we had traditionally done it aren't open to us anymore. And they're in fact, really not enough at this point to be able to reach people directly in their own time is invaluable. It's how we all live now. And as you said, like you're part of everybody's living room now. And that's really important because sharing your message and what makes you unique and becoming a name, a known name is really priceless in this market. And I think it's beneficial actually. I was I was talking to somebody the other day and they said, well, we would never do that in China. And I was like, well, now you need to do that in China because there's a lot of people talking to them and you need to be one of them, right? If you're not part of that conversation, if you're not sitting down and reaching out directly to your potential clients, then you're probably not going to be heard, right? Mm -hmm. Our We have um, incredible reps and really well-known, well-versed reps who, who can speak about the, the majority of our schools very eloquently, but that's not enough now to be able to bring in the, the numbers of students that we're all looking for. So Cambridge Enhanced Marketing really gives a leg up and I I, uh, I disagree with you a little bit on one thing where you can either lower your price or you can do CEM I think that honestly if you can lower your price like you said enough so that it that alone is an attention grabber that's great for a lot of schools that can't do that put out your message and make yourself attainable yeah. lower it down get it into a, a, a a, a new normal <laughs> of a range, right? And then share your message, make it possible and easier for families to find you and know about you. Absolutely, good point. A, a double hit, a combination of those two would be would be priority number one. I will also say, you know, our, our, our sales rep specifically, we have an incredible team, as Meg mentioned. CEM simply gives them more ammunition to go and talk about your school. If they can refer to a video that's been seen by the entire audience, that's gold for them. That's that's an easy that's an easy close for them. And, um, and ultimately, sorry. the goal through marketing is so that families are coming and saying, oh, I saw this video on this school and I, I would really like to learn more about that school and I'd like to apply to that school. 
that's the branding goal, right? Like you're sharing your message, you're building your brand and people are relating to you. And so they help our team, not only so that our team has access to information, but also because people already know, right? You've, you've already impressed them. Yeah, yeah. If you, you've got to ask yourself one question, out of the 9,000, 9 to 10,000 certified schools in this country, what are you doing to stand out? That's the question we're going to leave you with here. That's Meg, exactly. any final thoughts? Um, I know we've spoken a lot. We're running out of time. Any final thoughts that you want to share or is it just simply a goodbye today? I think that you summed that up beautifully. So thank you so much for the conversation. It's always interesting and, and it's constantly evolving now, right? So, so it's very exciting to see that there are new methodologies that are working, right? Instead of just saying, it's down. What am I going to? 100%. Yeah, busy. There's a lot that you can do. And as always, Cambridge at the forefront of innovating, of making sure that our school partners have solutions. We're not just about, yeah, this is what the market's doing. We want to be able to provide you with those solutions. And that's certainly what we are doing right now. We're changing the industry as we speak. It's awesome to be a, be a part of it. To all of our listeners, we appreciate you. Uh, tuning into the Cambridge Insider podcast. Remember to like, listen, subscribe. It is the holiday season. Uh, we will continue to have weekly episodes because we never sleep at the Cambridge Insider podcast. We are always here to make sure you have the most up-to-date, cutting-edge information. We hope you guys are having a good holiday uh, and we'll catch you around the next episode. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye.